0: You're listening to the Comic Book Informer Podcast with Vincent Raj, a podcast for everyone from comic nerds to comic noobs. You know who you are. Now here's your host, Raj. Hello, welcome to the Comic Book Inform Podcast. This is episode number one forty five, and this is Roger, and of course I got the ever vengeful Vince with me. (laughs) I'm expecting some payback from yesterday's recording for those who aren't aware we actually I don't even think we announced it yet we're working on a movie podcast now movie and tv and anime podcast and we actually have we haven't released the episodes yet we're waiting for a little bit there's still some editing to be done and whatnot but that should be coming out very soon and we're having a lot of fun and yesterday's episode was a ton of fun in my opinion just because I got to slander one of your favorite movies it was it was fun for me payback will not be today (laughs) good (laughs) because you can't next week (laughs) <laughs> but it will happen. It will happen, yeah, in the form of Thor. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> for the record, I ain't reading it. I don't care what it is. This week we are discussing Serenity comic books. I have actually been wanting to do this for a very long time. I've obviously, in the hugest way, I'm a brown coat. I've loved Firefly since... Um, I didn't actually watch it when it first first came out just because, like a lot of people, because of all the conflicts that were with scheduling on purpose from Fox, I just I couldn't get into it at the time. But it wasn't long after that that we got into it. And not to mention they didn't even make it look all that interesting from all the commercials. They, yeah. It just looked like a generic sci-fi show. Fox screwed it up on so many different levels. But we're not going to be ranting about that because that's not the, the topic of the conversation. All that just to say – We've watched the season, the one existing season, over and over again through the years. Literally, it's almost as if every six months we're due to go through every episode again. The same thing with the movie Serenity as well. So it's something that we've enjoyed with all of the kids repeatedly. And they have since done the same thing, watching it over and over again kind of thing. So when we talk about this tonight... It's going to be obvious from people as they're listening that, at least in my case, heavily biased. I'm still looking at it and able to critique what I think is wrong and imagine how it is from the perspective of someone who doesn't have a clue, has never watched Firefly or Serenity. So I I take that into consideration. But, of course, I'm obviously heavily biased in my opinions on this. As are you, I'm sure.
1: I I had a thought and I lost it. So. Let me know if you find it. Okay. <laughs> We're starting off great.
0: <laughs> you obviously, huge fan, big fan,
1: enjoyed oh, a it. Very, very big fan. I, I, I don't go to quite uh, the lengths you know, many others do, but uh, every once in a while here, uh, at least in America, we'll get the, you know, the science channel, will do like a Sunday marathon of Firefly. I'm like, well...
0: I know what I'm doing the rest yeah. of the day. <laughs> yeah. Well, we have <laughs> the DVDs, of course, and then the the oh, yeah. of the movie and it's just, yeah. yeah, it's you have to every once in a while. It's just have to immerse yourself in that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so now in terms of the comics, the comics have been published by Dark Horse Comics and the first series of three came out. In 2005, and that was used as the bridge between Firefly and Serenity, the movie Serenity. Again, for those who aren't aware, I'll put in a few little tidbits of information here and there, but we're not going to waste too much time talking about what occurred in all of those. If you haven't watched it, seriously, rent it, watch it. It's on Netflix anyways. You have to watch this stuff. So does it take long. (laughs) Yeah, there's one season of Firefly and then the movie, and it's well worth it so because of the way that the series ended because it was essentially forced into closing and they didn't really get an opportunity to tell a lot of the important stories that were going on including the overarching story that was going on with the character of river and her brother so this is something that they put into the movie but what happened is that Joss Whedon also wanted to, there was more that needed to be said in between. So he worked with writer Brett Matthews and they put out a three-parter that bridged between Firefly the series and Serenity the movie. Now with this, I think especially this three-parter, and this is called Those Left Behind, you really can appreciate how having seen the series and the movie comes in handy because if you are coming in from out of the blue, it is fairly difficult to follow. I, sorry, I would assume it's fairly difficult to follow along and having read the notes at the end, the letters that they got from the people that they sent, um, advanced copies to, to get their opinions. Some of them said the same things. It's, having never watched it, they didn't really understand everything because again, we have to look back that this was 2005 and though the series had a a, a very strong following, like again, we're fairly passionate about this. It wasn't as large. It's gotten bigger and bigger over the years as more and more people have been introduced to it. So a lot of people hadn't seen this. And so again, a lot of people weren't quite as, Familiar with the characters, the settings, and what's going on. I'm sure you probably thought the same thing looking through this as well. Yeah, it was interesting because when
1: I first read the, uh, the comic, which, you know, was 2005, maybe it was even 2000, I, I didn't read the comic until after I'd seen the movie. So, you know, the movie starts up and several of the cast members are, you know, spread Across, you know, multiple planets. They're not part of the crew anymore. And it was kind of jarring. But you're know, like, okay, you know, things happened. And then seeing, you know, the way that unfolded here, it was – like I, I read it backwards. But it actually – I think overall that enhanced it for me.
0: Yeah. So you're talking about better days at this point though, I believe. I have, no, oh, that, no, those you know, left behind was uh, – because they're, they're all on the same planet. They're all working together still at this point. Right, right. And this, this story leads into... <gasps> gotcha. I see what you mean. I see what you mean. Yeah, some yeah. of them yeah. leaving. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Towards the end. So this one here, uh, the first issue of this was hugely successful for Dark Horse. It was their biggest seller for the longest time, actually. And then they did a very interesting thing, which apparently was Joss Whedon's idea. Who And, and I'm tossing that name around a lot for anybody who's not aware who just thinks he's only ever worked. On Avengers and S.H.I.E.L.D., he was the creator of Firefly, so and he directed and then he said create a Astonishing X Men, yeah. So he's (laughs) he's a smart guy, uh, and yeah, Astonishing X Men. This guy knows how to write comic books, which is I don't want to say surprising. Okay, first of all, do you know date wise when when did Astonishing X Men come out? I want to say 2003. Give me a second, so it was before this. Yeah. Okay. See, because I I found, and even as someone who watched all the shows and knows all of these characters, well, you know, most of them, um, I found that this was still jarring in terms of two thousand four. Actually, okay. So it's still it was before this. Mm -hmm. I found it jarring. I didn't think it was especially well written for a comic book format, especially the action scenes. You had to think of the action scenes as you would. See them in the uh, the TV series mm-hmm. or the movie, and I didn't think it was especially fluid. I, you know what I mean? It, it felt like an adaptation to comic versus that bridge between the two that's was written specifically for comics.
1: I think he just tried to
0: do too much with just three issues is my, my overall There's, impression. Yeah, that might be it as well. So again, going back to what I was saying, he did something nice where – and obviously good for Dark Horse too for variant sales where there was three covers. So there was variant issues and you could get different characters on on the covers and you had different artists working on them. Some of them were not quite as good in my opinion or as <laughs> accurate. But my god, Tim Bradstreet's book – Holy crap, does that ever look amazing? Yeah, they had oh. some big artists actually
1: working on these like, I, I i can't I think John Cassidy did one. They had uh, Sean Phillips, you know big names actually came out to do these covers yeah
0: and then will Conrad did the art for this one as well as the other three part series that came out a few years later called Better days and he tried to make it very realistic in terms of making the characters look like who they actually are and i found that again for some of them that work exceptionally well like again book my god you're looking at some of these pictures they panels with book and and it's him whereas some of the other characters does not it's it was almost as if he just could not nail wash for the yeah, life of exactly him. there was just no way and some of the shots of jane as well are just Nowhere near Nathan Filion as well. Not even close in some of them, but some of them were pretty damn good. Yeah, for, for a couple
1: of the shots, I had to – if you couldn't see what color their hair was, it was not exactly sure who you were looking at sometimes.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, we had an advantage because we know the characters. So mm-hmm. we know the type of character they are. We know the relationship between the characters, which is – Very important to appreciating the story. And the story being, of course, we start off, of course, with heist. And so the crew has stolen the town's money on this planet, this piss poor planet, I won't have to buzz that out. No, that's fine. That's acceptable. No, you're, you're okay. <laughs> We're fine with that. And of course, they're getting robbed of the stolen goods as well. Meanwhile, in town, Book Shepherd Book is giving a sermon, and the townspeople hear that. They've been robbed and I, and there's a lynch mob and they start heading towards Serenity to get their money back. By this point, the actual thieves, well, I shouldn't say the actual thieves, the thieves of the thieves have taken off with the goods. I love that there's the shot with the townspeople going towards the Firefly and there's like somebody holding a pitchfork. even, <laughs> <laughs> And that's part of the beauty of The series, the IP, again, it's a Western in space. So you get ridiculous things like this. So you get that action going on and you get, you start to get that tension with a book. And again, I think that the comics really have made, the book was always phenomenal in the series, but the comics really made him shine. And I'm not even talking about the Shepherd's story, which we'll get to at at the tail end here, but I mean, just plain in the comics, he's just, he really shines through, especially when you see his confrontation with Mal later on, when Mal is telling him that, you know what, you sure didn't have a problem seeing your true colors when you stole a vehicle to get to the ship when going and got bad, and he clocks him one. Yeah. Well, I, I think it's a thing
1: that, you know, on the show, they at the time didn't know they were only going to get. 10 episodes to work yeah. with. So the shepherd story was very much a slow burn that, you know, was going to be revealed over time. So they really couldn't make book that outstanding and that impressive in the
0: series without kind of ruining what they were trying to do with them. Yeah. But having read through these now, you, you, again, it, I mean, we've been doing this for 10 years, but it's like, what could have been, but having seen what Joss Whedon had intended for book that history. Oh my God. God, that would have been unbelievably good. Mm -hmm. So uh, now that being said, again, so we've got big chase and whatnot. And then we get the introduction to the, the man of blue. And this is something that you see in the series as well, as well as on Serenity. And it's the blue gloved men and they are after a river. So here you have also the introduction to Agent Dobson. And again, another scene that my God, I would have loved to have seen in on film with Nathan Filion because I can see him doing it. So Dobson has had it out for Mal ever since Mal took one of his eyes out, and so the two alliance agents work with him to give him clearance so that he can basically ambush Mal and his crew. He doesn't care about anybody else. He cares about Mal. And then you have the character of Badger Making an appearance as well. And for the folks who don't know who that is, that's the guy who actually plays the king of the of hell in Supernatural right now. He's such a great actor. And he plays his Weasley self in here as well. And The pictures aren't exactly accurate for him, but close enough that you'll probably know who it is. And so he gives the information in terms of The location of a treasure that no one got to, and that all occurred during the Battle of Sturges when you had the battle between the Browncoats, the Rebels, and the Alliance. And again, another quote here where where he's saying it was the bloodiest battle in the war. I was told And Mal answers, it it held a a distant section, uh, a second. And this is something where, for those who didn't watch the show, you don't realize that he's referring of course, to the battle of Mm -hmm. Serenity Valley, which is where he fought with Zoe. So again, at this point here, they're heading over there. There's nothing there, of course, but it is the ambush where agent Dobson is there. And then you have the fight between them. Meanwhile, Kaylee and uh, Wash are working at trying to get the, the blue agents off of Serenity because they're sticking to, the, to them as well. I love again the scene where they finally take out and he's shot Agent Dobson <laughs> and, and Jane says man could hold a grudge, I admire that. And, and- and Mal turns around and shoots him again. This <laughs> is just, <laughs> just making sure. And it's again one of those scenes where it's like, oh my God, I can see Nathan Fillion doing that so perfectly. Mm hmm. See, but uh, getting with uh, the hands of
1: blue, like, I I was actually pretty disappointed with their role in the story because, you know, again, that's one of those things where you knew there was more behind it and they just didn't get time to properly tell the story. But it seems like when they wrote them into the comic, it was just uh, let's tie up this loose plot thread real quick by inserting them and then, you know, just killing them off because I I wish there was more to that story. But even in a comic or something, but now we've kind of pretty much seen that there's not a whole lot left to that.
0: Yeah, no, I and I agree. But then we would have been looking at, at least at least one more, if not two more issues. Yeah, I mean, really at, at the time
1: they didn't know that the series was gonna go on to sell, you know, thousands yeah. upon yeah.
0: thousands of copies. So so anyways, yeah, because they they really tried to not make it just about river. And that's one of the things that, as the series was clipping off, and then of course Serenity, it's pretty much all about River. Whereas this here, they they kind of split it. In fact, I think that there's less attention on River than everything else is going on. So that's and, across
1: all the comics, really. She's yeah. you know
0: like the the least important character in any of the comics, which is again very. A stark contrast to what the series was. Right. So so here you have again towards the end, like you were saying, you have Vinara leaving the crew as well as Book says that he's gonna be leaving. Some some very good scenes that do set it up then for the movie. It's one of those things where as a series by itself, for folks who have never watched the shows, I actually wouldn't recommend it. Not at but all. But for if anybody who has watched them I actually would. I would say it's a good in between. It tells a good story, but it's not a must-read. There are some must-reads coming up, but I didn't think this was actually a must to be able to enjoy that bridge between series to movie. Mm-hmm. So, and as said,
1: I I saw the movie without reading the comic and I didn't feel like I had missed anything. Yeah, yeah.
0: No, exactly. It's this just a it was there was a little bit of that in-between story, but more so than that it was just let's just put a story in between those two events that those two timelines but it wasn't necessarily that much to bridge it it wasn't yeah. required so but in the again if you're a true fan worth reading yeah it's actually worth reading if you're a big fan but need to read definitely not uh a few years later 2008 now we've got better days another three-parter story by joss whedon again with brett matthews with art by will conrad and this is different this is actually a story that's told during the firefly era because of course in serenity one of the characters die. well a few characters but most yeah. importantly wash dies so here we have a story that takes place in an involves the entirety of the crew and there's of course there's heist that goes it actually goes their way you have a ton of action there's your robot action there, (laughs) trying to take out mal they find they they actually wind up disabling the robot sell it off to find out about a whole crap load of loot i love that it's underneath a buddha statue (laughs) and they have to lift it
1: the the absolute best scene is when jane
0: pays off the monk yes yes <laughs> the hero of canton, of canton. again He's another real. another line that folks would have no clue whatsoever where that's coming from unless they'd watch the series just as a uh,
1: a quick aside uh, i mentioned adam baldwin was at the uh the convention i went to earlier this year right and by the time i, I had gotten in like hit and <laughs> pushed my way through the crowd to get to the uh the conference room, his panel was was just ending, but I walked in just just in time to see you know a couple thousand people in the audience all singing the, the hero song. of Canton song That's to him fantastic. on stage. Classic. I'm
0: sure that actually happens a lot to him, probably. Yeah. Um, so, anyways, here is a, a heist that actually goes their way. They've they they've made millions off of this, and then the rest of the series is about each of them discussing what they would do with or what they, they will do, not would do, with their money. I love Jane's radiant cob and the your manliness <laughs> with all the women officers with him. Wash wants to run luxury cruiser. I, I the best is actually books. Shot where it's like the sleazy shot with him and a couple of hookers and the money and the blow on the table and everything and everybody's look in the following panel that shocked blink blink <laughs> I thought that was great
1: and, uh, and of course you had the, the beauty of well, rivers rivers fish fantasy <laughs> <What the laughs> and he had the perfect response of Zoe yeah, going well there mind, my yeah. ideas. <laughs>
0: Uh, the the underlying story here, or the, the all the other part of this story, of course, is Inara is sleeping with an alliance officer, a soldier, who's kind of a tracker as well, and he starts telling her about dust devils who were browncoat rebels who didn't give up after the war was over and kept fighting the well, the good fight in this case, depending on who you talk to. And so this soldier wants to and does eventually apprehend Mal and Zoe does the right thing and goes and broadcasts that it's her that that they want and then they have th- this is where i thought again you have a very cliched scene now where the 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 two opposing forces have to work together against some freaking Crazed arms dealer manufacturer. So, I thought that the it's too bad because up until then it was it was good. It was fun. You had some some phenomenal lines as well, and not just the silly ones, but the 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 good ones. Like uh, when they're all in the fancy hotel dining room. And Zoe says, beats living in a trench, doesn't it, sir? And she's talking to Mal and he says, good thing about a trench is it doesn't let you forget where you are or who. Mm -hmm. So you had these great lines and all that. And I thought that it got ruined at the end by this cliched ending of the two opposing forces working together towards this common enemy.
1: Again, it's like they had too much story for the amount of issues they were working with. And they yeah. realized, oh, crap, we're out of pages. We need to wrap
0: this up. Yeah. So that one is a little disappointing. Again, this is definitely not one that you need to read at all if you are a fan. Just if you are a true fan and you want another caper, here it is. And it it was fun to read. I enjoyed it. It's just that I thought that that ending kind of – it didn't ruin it, but it was like it was disappointing.
1: Obviously. Mm. Well, then you also had you know the the actual end with you know the money being stolen for off the yes. uh, Serenity. Yep. And did you? I think I saw, I think you saw it, the uh, the 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 roundtable discussion that you know with all the cast together before the 10th anniversary panel at Comic Con. Yes, I did watch that, and, and you know, talking about you know Mal and you know how you know, the whole point of the series is him going around like you know collecting. All the uh, elements of you know himself that he's lost over the years, and it just that all ties in so well with uh, that bit of the story. Like I, I really enjoyed that last little plot point.
0: Yeah, because of course he is the one that tells people that they have all these millions hidden in Serenity, and so they get robbed, and that way he gets to keep his crew. Although the best is book with the sword. Freaking badass swordsman <laughs> booked, taking heads off of robots. Where did that come from? I don't care. It was, oh, this is like your sword thing with the robots yesterday for Pacific Rim. It was like, I don't care. It was awesome. I, I loved it. It was awesome. <laughs> Although, again, in terms of an ending, A, it was cliched, but then you have how they actually take the ship down this gunner ship with a freaking grappling hook. And I was like, oh, come on. Really? So I kind of... It works for Batman. Mm, it was grown. Yeah, but that's Batman. It wouldn't <laughs> work for Mal. Nothing works out well for Mal. <laughs> now, in between a couple of one-shots, we actually had a few kind of short stories that were tossed in in different places, too. There was a short one that was put in the August 8th, uh, August of 2008 issue of Dark Horse Presents, and that was The Other Half. Now, that one was written by Jim Kruger. Again, art by Will and Conrad. And that was basically, again, once again, a caper, basically. And it was... They're gone off to rob some people and in coming back, they are escaping from Reavers who have shown up and they are carrying with them. They don't know it, but it's an Alliance spy who was paid half up front for whatever it is that they were going to steal and then was going to give them the rest later on and he's dying. So their motivation is to get the rest of the money later on, but Reaver is with them and she figures out through her visions that she gets that he is in fact an alliance by and has the visions of the future of what would happen to the entire crew if he, they make it back to the ship. So she puts a bullet in his brain pan, but it, it's a short story, but I, I really liked it again. It's not required at all to bridge anything or to, to whatever, but it was a fun one to read. I actually really enjoyed this one. Yeah, it worked. It was fun, but there really isn't a whole lot. to discuss. No, no, there is. isn't. Now there was another, one that was a short one. And this one was called Downtime. Now this is oddly enough, it was published by USA Today on their website as part of a Dark Horse high definition program. Don't ask me much more about that. That's all I know. And it was actually by Zach Whedon, who's uh Josh's brother. And art was by Chris Samney. And I like this because I don't want to shoot down Will Conrad's art, but I always thought it would look better if it had a style all its own. Where the characters are similar to the original crew, but it doesn't have to be bang on kind of thing. And that's what we get with Chris Samney's style. And I really kind of dig it. And this here is a a very short story. There's not much to it. A whole bunch of silliness. The Firefly is touched down in some snow to hide because they're being chased after. Jane has a venereal disease, which is hysterical. (laughs) As you do. (laughs) Especially when, because the the medical bay that they have in Serenity has all those windows. So he's got his pants down, he's getting a shot in his trash, and you have Book and Kaylee on the other side of the windows looking in. And I love Kaylee's line of, that image ain't going to shake easy. (laughs) So at one point, of course, River having her own visions, walks out into the snow, destroys everybody who found the Firefly, and then just goes back in. But the killer is you have a shot after they've all been talking in the kitchen area there. Everybody else leaves, and River leans into Shepard, and she says, you're keeping a secret. And he says, and what's my secret? And she says, it's easy for you, too. Of course, she's referring to the killing that she just did and everything, and it was Mm -hmm. like, ooh, Oh, what the hell is that? Where did that come from? Because that's not something you ever saw, really. Like, yes, you knew that he was a badass in combat, but not to this degree. And you're wondering what she's referring to. And then that, of course, leads us to The Shepherd's Tale. Although before we get into that, I want to touch on Float Out, which was a one shot. This comic made me cry. That was a story by uh, Peyton Oswald and art by Patrick Reynolds. And that was basically a whole bunch of memories uh, of Wash because, again, he died at the end of Serenity, spoiler. And uh, they're christening a firefly vessel. There's three people. And so they're sharing memories about how amazing a pilot he was and whatnot and and, and the kind of guy he was. And, and that's – you liked it that much? I, I love Wash. Because so. <laughs> yeah. I, I enjoyed it, but it wasn't one of the it, – it was actually – it wasn't even close to my favorite. I, I I did enjoy it, but it was like not quite that much, I guess. It, it, Personal attachment yeah, yeah. You know, definitely factors into it. Yeah. So, again, you have various stories. I, I like that they talked about just how good he is and, and that it wasn't just about he knew his ship inside and out, but also whoever was chasing him. Mm -hmm. So, and you got some examples of that. So it it is good. And again, for folks who enjoyed, obviously, Wash, definitely something. And you get the dinosaurs again. (laughs) Dinosaur therapist, (laughs) which I thought was great. But again, in my opinion, the shining example of Serenity in comics is The Shepherd's Tale. Uh, this was written by Joss and Zach Wheaton, although the majority of the writing is Zach's, and then art by, again, Chris Samney and colors by Dave Stewart. Now, this was originally slated as a three-part miniseries, and it was going to be released in two thousand, uh, late 2008, but basically nobody heard about it until later on it was announced as a graphic novel for November of 2010. And it starts with Book, at some point in his life, stirring into a bowl of soup, and you don't quite understand why that image is there or why it's important until much later on. And then you see book, which would be at like before serenity, essentially. And he's on the Haven mining colony before the attacks. And the folks are talking to him and they're asking him about his past. And he's given this really great little monologue about like, at what point do we start? Because Mm -hmm. this leads to this, this leads back to this, this will lead back to my parents' meeting. And it goes back so far, like where do we start? Which again, links back to the discussion about the bowl of soup. And this is how he starts to see things and how they are all linked. And then we start the backtracking. So they backtrack two years and he's on Serenity. And it's essentially a typical scene on Serenity with him and the crew, with Mal and Zoe wrestling and arms (laughs) dealing, and it ends with him praying. Again, it's not a spectacular scene, but it sets him up as the, more often than not, peaceful preacher, especially with his little discussion about water with with Kaylee, which was exceptionally well-written. I really enjoyed it. Mm -hmm. Now... Ends again with him praying, and then we backtrack another two years. And then at this point, he's in the South Down Abbey. And this is at the point where he's deciding he's going to leave the abbey, and he's going to go and help people on the outer rim and things like that to people where they haven't gotten the word. And he's praying at the end with a sister there who's in charge, and then he's leaving. And then this is where you have that meeting, which is in Firefly, where he meets Kaylee who's in town with her pretty little parasol, and she (laughs) says to him, you're coming with us. And you have that moment of appreciating how he's, you know, he's that leaf on the wind, kind of like Wash. And he goes where he feels God is leading him. Now, from there, we backtrack 10 years. And here now we have a drunk beaten book he's been beaten by uh, an alliance soldier who lost his uh, soul his brother who was under book's command now anybody who saw firefly knows that book has a relationship to the alliance because he's got some clearance you get the impression he worked for them something happened but you're not quite sure what so here you find out he actually led a bunch of people essentially to their deaths. And so this guy is beating them up. So at this point, he goes to a shelter to get some food and he has this bowl of soup and he has this wonderful revelation about the world and the universe and how it's, how everything is coming together to support this bowl that contains this soup, which then sustains Him, And it's in that moment that he finds God and he goes to the church. Now, I'm not Catholic or Christian or anything like that, but I got my my Buddhist beliefs and whatnot. But in reading that, it's one of the few times where I've read about someone finding God. And I don't mean any insult to people because I don't judge people on what their beliefs are. I, I honestly don't but it's because of the differences in beliefs and whatnot. Sometimes it's hard to make that leap of how someone does find God because you yourself do not kind of thing. So, but it's one of the few times where I've read it and went, wow, like it, it was makes brilliant. sense. It's beautifully illustrated. It works. The panel layout, everything. It was, it was unbelievable. I, I just was blown away by it. Absolutely. So, All of this for him to then, again, it leads him to the church. From there, we're backtracking six years. Now we're uh, aboard the IAV Cortez, a ship that he is in charge of. And you can see that things are not going well. The alliance forces are being overwhelmed. He's ordering a surrender to the, the rebel forces. You find out that 300 soldiers have been captured. Meanwhile, the IAV Alexander is completely gone. You've got 4,000 people dead, soldiers, doctors, nurses, teachers, everyone. And he gets relieved of duty and he gets expelled from the ship even in a death trap (laughs) escape. So yeah. (laughs) And so again, at this point, you're still trying to figure out who the character of Book is because again, you're not seeing the story from the beginning. It's all backtracking. So you're trying to figure out like, okay, well, and this is where it plays with how you interpret the scene based on what you know. So mm-hmm. you're thinking, okay, well, he was a soldier and he's devastated here because of the people that have died and everything else. Meanwhile, let's back up again. Another four years. And here you see him moving up the ranks in the Alliance uh, military quickly as a brutal inquisitive, inquisitor. And we're talking brutal Man. here, like this is the side of book you ain't seen. <laughs> and again, the illustrations were so bloody good.
1: I think it's interesting to point out because we've had a discussion several times about how we're not particular fans of Chris Samney, at least as it pertains to a lot of his, you know, superhero work, particularly in Daredevil. And yet, when you, you take him out of that superhero, you know, genre and put him on something different, his art style
0: really does work oh, yeah. in those situations. This was just, it, it, again, it just worked. It just worked so well. And I, and I absolutely adore it. absolutely mm-hmm. adore it. Um, okay, so at this point now, we need to back up another four years. And basically here, this is the first time you see him in a brown coat. And again, if you haven't seen the series, you, you don't understand the importance of the brown coat. The the brown trench coat represents the rebels. It represents fighting against the Alliance. It's it's exceptionally important and it's worn with a lot of pride. So he's wearing a brown coat and he's fighting Alliance soldiers and he's he's brutal, brutal in combat. Now he's quite a bit younger at this point too. He goes to a meeting where they're uh, with a, a whole bunch of brown coats, obviously in a hidden bunker location type of thing, where two people who are obviously in a position of power in this this group are talking about how they want to get a mole in the alliance. And the war hasn't even started at this point yet. So there's no war, but they are so visionary, they understand that it's coming, that they feel it would be to their advantage to get a mole in as early as possible. Now, most of the other people disagree. They want to fortify their ranks and things like that. Meanwhile, Book because of his history thus far and the kind of person that he is, agrees to it and he finds out what's involved and whatnot. They actually surgically replace, remove his eye, one of his eyes, and replace it with a, you know, camera eye centrally, which yeah, that was out of left field. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> I don't know if that's still the eye that he has in Serenity. They never really point to that or say anything, but it was kind of, it was interesting. It was like, holy crap. And you see the lengths that he will go to for the brown coats. And this is important because when you are watching Firefly or Serenity, you never get the impression really that he's a brown coat. He he helps the people that are being oppressed and whatnot, Mm -hmm. but he's not a quote unquote brown coat. And here you find out, oh yes, he is. Not just that. He's a brutal brown yeah.
1: So his, his dedication to the cause kind of makes Mal and Zoe
0: look <laughs> oh pale, almost insignificant. Pale in comparison. So here's a man, again, if you watch the series, who is always has a word to say against the violence that goes on. But he is not even Daryl Book. When they give him that camera eye and they tell him he's going to have to get a new identity to then infiltrate the alliance, he goes on a planet and he kills a young black guy who happens to be walking by, quite happily, might I say. He might as well have been whistling. He was so happy. And kills him, strangles him on the spot in the alley and steals his ID. And that's when he becomes Daryl Book. That was a shocker there yeah like oh my god
1: because it wasn't like you know he just knocked the guy like
0: he was yeah now from there backtrack six years now that's when you find out book's real name which is henry evans and that he's basically a thug a street thug doing armed robbery um cops show up at his house and that's when he decides having already spoken to a brown coat who's trying to recruit people to go to the outer edges and to off world to other planets to the outer rim and whatnot to to get ready for the movement and so that's when having nowhere else to turn he decides that he may as well join the brown coats um and then again from there you're backtracking now 10 years where you're seeing him as a kid with a abusive drunken father who strangles and beats him and there's that moment where he decides that he can't rely on anybody else and so he leaves and you have this this great moment where he's walking away and he's saying i'll protect myself take what i need and keep moving because it's every man for himself get out of the way way this life is mine and um and it's a stark contrast to who book became because of all the events in his life. But you still have that mentality of, again, moving forward. And that's something that Zach addresses as well in his letter that he talks about where, you know, the the wrong idea of what moving forward isn't always progress kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so, again, you have this incredible story that takes you back through the years and once you've read it once you'll then read it again you you will have to read it again because during that second reading now you're seeing all of those scenes those backtrack scenes for what they really are this brutal man who was not who infiltrated the alliance who caused thousands of deaths and that was his job that's what he was supposed to do going in, but then it gets to him later, and he becomes this drunk because of everything that he's done in his life, and that's when he finds God and becomes this changed man, this this book that we know from the series.
1: Yeah, if you're looking at it from a spiritual point of view, like a man like book would, it's almost as if… That was his intended path, if you will, because it's not like he even set up, set out to join the Browncoats, you know, as part of any any sort of ideal. It's just he is either that or go to jail. So, like a lot of the things that you know led to his station in life were very much accidental or you know serendipitous or you know mm-hmm. divine providence, however you want to look at it. So it does, it really does have a certain spiritual sense to it, without being you know, religious, if you will.
0: Yeah, no, exactly. It, this is the the one that whether you are a Firefly fan or not, you need to read this just because it's such a brilliant story and, and so well-written.
1: Yeah, it's also, yeah, like you said, well-written. It's evidence of one of the very few occasions where the backwards story not only works, but enhances the overall oh, God, story. Yeah. Like, because yeah. you see, you see it all the time, but you're like, you know, it really doesn't do anything that, it wouldn't have done if you just told it forwards as well.
0: Yeah, in this case here, no, it does. It's it's necessary. It works on so many mm-hmm. levels, and it it then warrants that second reading, third reading, so forth, just because you get so much more out of the story. But again, this is the one that if you are a Firefly fan, I pretty much see this as a mandatory read, just because we never got that story. And it's an important story. It's a hugely important story.
1: Like you can imagine the story playing out over you know two or three seasons oh of small God. reveals. And then you get sad. And then you go cry in the corner for a while. <laughs> and and yeah, then you stroke your DVD collection.
0: <laughs> Brilliant story. Incredibly well written. Definitely that's the one that I, you, folks should definitely pick it up. Well worth the money. And it is absolutely gorgeous as well. So that's that. There was also a free comic day one, but we've already talked about that before. I said I loved it; it was awesome. It was fun. Um, so let's get into what we're reading. Well, so, well, the, you, something we also have to look forward to is
1: the new Serenity comics coming out soon. I didn't even know that. Yes, it, it was actually announced at New York Comic Con that they officially. Why didn't said you that, tell me
0: that during Comic Con episode? You know, I wanted to save it for you a surprise. Bastard.
1: <laughs> that uh zach whedon actually will be writing the uh at this point i believe it's intended to be an ongoing series
0: no kidding
1: yeah do we know who's gonna do the art uh i don't like i gotta hear george janty hmm. and uh, don't know who it, that is. I, I said he's taking inspiration from mobius jeff darrow and walt simonson I don't think I could pick three artists that have less in common <laughs> and, and going for the style of films like Blade Runner, Outland and Alien, which that's an interesting mashup with the aesthetic of Firefly.
0: Hmm. OK, awesome. I did not. Obviously, I missed that. Yes. Cra- I, I read a lot of the news from Comic-Con. How the hell did I miss that? Don't know. Awesome. Oh, now I'm excited. <laughs> when is this starting? I, I think it's coming out next year. Oh, Okay, all right. Let's get into what we're reading. Um, superior Spider-Man number nineteen. I assume you read it. It continues to be amazing. It's, it's no, it's not. It's superior. <laughs> so nice. Yes. <laughs> Someone posted a picture of some kind of little ginger snap things, but it was the Amazing Spider-Man, and I Twittered back saying I wouldn't read it, eat it unless it was a Superior spider- Spider-Man. <laughs> <laughs> It actually got favorited by Spider Man. Apparently, Spider Man is a Twitter account. <laughs> I thought that was hysterical. Anyways, this is basically, again, um, more of the uh, story with Carly and who's that? What's her name again? Wraith? Yeah. Yeah. Trying to get to the bottom of where the money's coming from, which I kind of always found that was a little weak. Follow the money. I don't know. I I can appreciate it, but I don't know. Um, What else are the cops going to do? All right. And then Horizon Labs trying to fix the time distortion that's going on. This was phenomenal because here is an example where having different artists. I'm assuming it was different artists. Otherwise, it was just same artist but using a different art style.
1: I'm going to have to check now.
0: Hmm. I think Uh, it was
1: Stegman for the whole thing.
0: Did he do it? If so, then props to him. Give me a second. That's it. Yeah, it looks like you, it. You. Yeah, I'm looking at it right now. Yeah. Well, props to him then. Because <laughs> basically he took existing scenes as Otto's ripping through the memories, the existing memories that he has. Oh, God. So he's ripping through all of these memories. So you have it drawn like the comics of that time, but, but with Otto's head <laughs> on it. And and again, an example of where it worked. I thought it was I thought it was great. And the the best thing about
1: this, you know, obviously, as the story goes on, Otto's house of cards is getting a little more unstable with each issue now.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, this was a really fun episode. And you're having the some, I don't want to say closure, but that's what it is. Kind of that, that shift. Now I'm assuming there's going to be a big shift between the life that Peter had with horizon lab, because horizon labs ain't, ain't there anymore. we got a big circle where it used <laughs> Literally. to be. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we're going to have a shift now in Peter's life. It's not going to be anymore heading to horizon to work with that crew. So I'm curious now what that's going to entail. What's what, how they're going to fill that void because again, he's spending a lot of time now on his Island and things like that. So I, yeah, it was cool. It was awesome. And
1: I think this was the first time in the story we've seen them show off that there was something Peter was able to accomplish that Otto couldn't do.
0: Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Which was interesting as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, Other than that, because I'm still, I'm still working towards next week's episode. And I might not be ready, but I'm trying, damn it. Uh, but I did read because I had I, gotten it and I was like, well, we'll see. Did you read Sex Criminals? I actually haven't had a chance to check that out yet. Okay. So that's Fraction who did that. Mm-hmm. And I thought, well, why not? Let's see. Obviously, it's for adults. It's not for kids. And it really is for adults. It's not for kids. <laughs> um what an odd comic <laughs> This is not your... Ever- now, I'm not saying that because it's bad. It, it takes a... Um, that breaking... That barrier where the character is speaking to you now. So you have the main character who is narrating throughout the whole thing and speaking to you. A lot. Now, normally, again, I've said it before. I'm not crazy about that kind of story if they're relying too much on narration. But they, he makes it work. Uh, I it, it, it works. I'm hoping that we're not going to only be having this style of writing from now on. Um, the second issue is actually coming out t- tomorrow, so I'll check it out and see. But there's a lot of that going on here. But <laughs> it's... It's just, I heard it's pretty nuts. <laughs> it's yeah, it's bizarre. It's it's um it's a little odd. It it's uh I I, I don't like it kind gonna of sound like a prude or anything and oh my god, they're dying and no, all no, it's fine. I'm but it's still bizarre because of what he does with it. I really if you haven't read it, I don't want to say anything. Read it. And then we can talk about it more if you mm-hmm. want. Just I, because I, I
1: already know like the, the concept
0: of the series and everything they're going with. So it's yeah, like this woman does not have normal orgasms <laughs> <laughs> like she's <laughs> this is an otherworldly experience for her, which apparently she then shares with who becomes her, I would assume, more regular partner and and criminal partner. As you find out at the end. But yeah, there are some bizarre light things happening. We got... So, yeah. I don't know what went (laughs) through Fraction's head. The thought at some point. What if an orgasm was more than just an orgasm? And just decided to roll with it. But that's what this is. (laughs) Hey, we've seen Fraction
1: come up with some crazy stuff before. So, honestly, this doesn't surprise me.
0: So, it's... I mean, it was interesting. It sure as hell held my interest until the end because it's like, what is going on here? Like, oh my God. And I'll, I'll read the next one and see where it goes from there. Some of it was quite obviously fairly cliched, but then you also have some interesting parts that are like, what is happening here? What is going on? And then the, the whole thing with them then becoming criminals at the end is like, okay, okay. I, I'm, let's see what's happening. You got my attention. So what do you got? All right.
1: Well, uh, first of all, Infinity continues to be like my favorite event comic in recent memory. Like I I know it's something that is leaving a lot of people behind because of the scope and the pacing of the story. But the more I read it, the better it gets because more threads are being added to the web. You know, it <sighs> It's going to be interesting to like go back and like read the whole thing at once because it, it's a Hickman story. We've said this time and time again. You really have to take it all in before you can judge it. And the further it gets into the story, the more impressed I am with how he's managed to make it work.
0: You know what? I'm not going to lie to you. I Like many other events, I actually stopped at one point. I, I just kind of put it all aside and I haven't been reading any news or looking at any spoilers or anything like that. And I'm waiting. I'm waiting until it's all done and I'll devour it in one chunk. Because And it's what's just,
1: interesting is when Marvel's going putting out the collected edition, the collected edition is like forty issues because they can't split it up. They have to have infinity Avengers and new Avengers, like all in one book, otherwise it makes absolutely no sense. Yeah.
0: yeah. So that's the again, it's gotten to the point where it's branching off too much. I'll wait. I'll mm. wait, read it all, one right after the other. And I'm, I'm quite certain I'll love it because I was enjoying what I read initially. It's just, it got to be too much all over the place.
1: Yeah. Uh, X-Men Legacy, the latest issue. Oh, I didn't read it yet. Continues to be fantastic. Oh, My God, I cannot believe it.
0: I do. I believe it. How uh, can it, you not this after point, this many yeah, issues? It's
1: like we, we've come to expect it. But then you read the issue and you're sitting there staring and going, how did he do it? <laughs> 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 All right. Uh, the latest issue of Cable and X Force, uh, like I like, we were talking about with the last issue. Now that the team is back together, we get uh, especially this issue. Finally, brings us back to some of the interesting dynamics that made us really like this comic to begin with. The latest story with everybody kind of split up didn't work quite as well as the previous issues did. So, getting everybody back together again, you know, Nemesis and Forge. Colossus and Domino, all these relationships. It's so much fun. You could tell that uh, Hopeless is having writing this comic. And I've said many times, Salvador laraca I really enjoy his uh, work because he can consistently put out fairly high quality work without needing breaks like so many other artists do. Right, yeah. But I, for whatever reason, I don't know why we actually did have a fill-in artist here, Gerardo Sandoval. Holy crap the art in this issue was ridiculous my i i, I my mind was blown because it was a very it was more uh i don't want to say cartoony but like kind of distorted but in a way that worked like you know the, the facial expressions were overly exaggerated like okay your jaw doesn't bend that way but it worked so well like i, I I'd never really seen any of his art before. Like, I, as soon as this issue was over, like, I found his, like, personal web page. Like, he's done some stuff for DC in the past. The guy is a beast, and I really want to see more of him. Hmm, cool. I haven't read that one. I have it, but I haven't read it yet. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Hawkeye, issue 13, finally oh, came out after a long, long wait. You're covering all the ones I haven't read yet. I have. <laughs> well, I, I can tell you right now, at some point in the coming weeks, we're going to go back and look at uh, issues eight through 13, because as as we've seen in all these issues, we're getting a number of the same scenes from different points of view, from Clint's point of view, from Kate, you know, Pizza Dog, (laughs) even uh, Clint's brother, uh, Barney. The way everything comes together is absolutely brilliant, because basically these five issues, six issues even, take place over the course of like a day, because this story started back when Grills got shot in issue eight. And issue thirteen is his funeral, so not a whole lot of time has passed. But the way he's been able to frame this story, and the great thing about Hawkeye has been the, the the interpersonal relationships and how you know Clint is not in a very good place a lot of the times. And it's you know the friendships and the bonds that he makes that has made this particular comic so interesting. And seeing all these things develop and all these connections between these various characters has been fantastic. Like I, I think it was uh fraction had posted like the note cards he had laid out for plotting this, this storyline and to keep track of how everything ties together. It, it It's
0: very good. Cool. Awesome.
1: All right. Anything else? That That's it for me.
0: All right. So new releases this week on the Marvel side. We're looking at Daredevil 32, FF 13, Indestructible Hulk 14, Infinity Heist, uh, number 204, Iron Man 17. I, I put it down just for anybody who's looking for silliness. Marvel Now What? Number one. I just like the Scotty Young did a cover with Otto. That was, I thought that was awesome. Nova number nine. Savage Wolverine number 10, which continues that second, that other story arc. Um, Secret Avengers number 10. Superior Carnage, number four of five. Superior Spider-Man Teemo's number five. Thunderbolts, number 17. I put that there for you. Ultimate Comics, Spider-Man, number 28. Uncanny Avengers, 134. No, that's not right. Uh, 13, maybe, yeah, 13, or 14. yeah, that's a typo. <laughs> Sorry. I don't know how the hell the four got in there. Venom, 42. Wolvie and his peeps, number 37. And Young Avengers, number 11. On the DC side, we're looking at Batman the Dark Knight number 24, Beware the Batman number one, which is – I'm thinking that's a tie-in with the TV series, right? The new one that's just animated series? Yeah, I think so. I think so, yeah, which actually looks pretty freaking slick as hell. Really nice art style, yeah. Love it. Flash number 24, Injustice Gods Among Us number 10. Oh, oh. If you haven't read that stuff, you have to buy this. It's so freaking awesome. <laughs> Justice League number 24, Justice League Dark 24, Larfreeze number 4. I, I'm going to have to read I- those just to see how bad it is. Oh, Honestly, I have not read it. Better any. you than me. Yeah, I'll make you read them. <laughs> episode 150, Larfreeze episode. <laughs> Our Red Lanterns number 24, Superman 24, Talon number 12, Teen Titans 24, and Unwritten number 54. And for everybody else, we've got Mass Effect Foundations, number four. Have you been reading that? I actually haven't. I haven't. I haven't read it yet. I really like the IP, but you, I'm still hurt. <laughs> I'm still <Exactly>. upset <laughs> about the ending to Mass Effect 3. So much so that years later, it still is like, yeah, well, I want to read it. I know it'll be good, but damn them. Um, Pathfinder, number 10. And the most important freaking... Issue to come out now in forever Samurai Jack number one for IDW. We got Zombie War. It's it's Halloween time. Folks might want to read some some zombie stuff. Zombie War number one from IDW. Bushido number four of five from Image. We got Pretty Deadly, which is a new series, and that is from Image as well. That is actually from Kelly Sue DeConnick, and it actually it looks ridiculously amazing, cool yeah so I really am dying to read that it sounds like it'll be absolutely fantastic and then we've got like I said Six Criminals number two if you want some far out kind of story and then another new one Velvet number one from Ed Brubaker and so I know that you really like his spy stuff as well so this Mm -hmm. by the sound of it it actually sounds fairly interesting how is it that every week that you host Image has a ridiculous lineup they have some fantastic stuff yeah I know (laughs) Anyways, that is going to wrap up the episode. It did did run long, of course, but I knew it would with Serenity Chatter. I knew it would because it was
1: an issue that ended in five.
0: Why? Why? Anyways, fine. For everybody else, you can find us at ComBookInformer.com and, of course, CBInformer on Twitter. Let us know what you thought about these issues of Serenity, if you enjoyed them in the comments. We'd love to hear from you. And with that, we'll talk to you guys later.